Do you want to do any like voice exercises? <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> Larissa, keep that in for yep, sure. That'll have to stay. All right, all right, all right. <clears throat> Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. It's been 50 years. It's kind of a big deal. <sighs> I'm, yeah. It's kind of I a big know, deal. I know it is. I know it is. What number am I? You Three. are a seven. Three. <laughs> I am totally a seven, which is funny. I feel like sevens should be into sports mm. just because they like the, I mean, it's a shared, it's like the ultimate shared experience. It is. And I just don't care. All people from all places. I know. Of all walks of life. I know. Even the Pope. The two Popes. I, that's something I picked up on a lot in that movie. Oh, yeah. It was like. They loved that soccer game. Germany it, versus Argentina. I'm just. We're not going to go into how much I don't like or don't care. I mean, that's not don't like. I just don't you care. Like, you like sports. I just don't care about them. Yeah. Yeah. But this is a big deal. Chiefs. You, you care about the, the Kansas Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs. 50, first time 50 years 50 going years. to the Super Bowl. It's on Sunday. Candy bars cost apparently six cents. At least that's what I heard. The last time they were in the Super Bowl. That's what I heard on the radio. Some lady said, yeah, the last time the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl, I could get a candy bar for six cents. (laughs) Wow. Wow, that's weird. Yeah. It's it's, it's a big deal. So that's what's happening in Kansas City right now. We have our gear on. If you're watching us on video, you might see it. This this was only just recently purchased because... Didn't have any. Don't have any sports... (laughs) shirts but now i do and we got this banner behind us yep for those that are uh listening on the podcast uh you should check us out on youtube because we're now there mm. although we're still trying to figure out if youtube really wants us to be there but that's a whole other conversation Ooh, interesting we got some interesting stats back on the first episode mm. um so just keep Dan, breaking rules keep breaking the rule i mean we'll do i do what i want <laughs> that's right <laughs> um well, cool. So last episode, we talked about learning and we kind of went all over the place, but the, the, yeah, we went back to the, it's, the roots. It's kind of a big topic. It's a big topic. <laughs> We're trying to unpack this. If you don't, if you didn't catch last episode, Dan and I are on this journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a backpacking trip, if you right. will, without backpacks or the jungle or maybe. Or- <laughs> just said or the jungle like we're it's like we're someone took away the ecosystem yeah i don't know what happened do you have your tools do you have your ecosystem nope we're in a a loft we're in an old lofty building it's cold there's artificial light everywhere and we're trying to would you say we have our compass yeah we we know what direction we're heading Mm -hmm. which is We've spent the last 10 years just learning as fast and as much as we can Mm -hmm. um, in order to make our company survive right? and to flourish in the process. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that has led to a lot of our success and a lot of the fun that we're having doing what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And so we thought, you know what, this is something that we should try to figure out. How can we, how can we articulate, how can we give some structure to what maybe we've accidentally done mm-hmm. over the last few years and accidentally and intentionally. I mean, it's both of those things at the same time, but we didn't right. have it. We didn't have a, um, we didn't have a framework. We didn't have a, 
a guide. A, we were, we, we were didn't have a map. What we're talking about now, we were living. Yeah. We're almost like now reflecting on what we were doing. We were doing a lot of learning. We were reading a lot of books. Yep. Wrapped in <laughs> No, we can't go back. We are no longer in the hunting lodge. No, we're not. No, reading a lot of books, asking a lot of questions, going to a lot of conferences, yeah. watching a lot of videos on what does it mean to lead? What does it mean to run a business? What Ask, does it mean? How, how do you how do you build technology? How do you mm -hmm. design? How do you I mean everything that we know how to do now? Mm-hmm we had to learn because basically we were saying yes and figuring it out. That was right. the option five moment. If you don't know what option five is, go back and listen to the old episodes. Right. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. So continuing that conversation, the first episode of this kind of next phase of the podcast was we think it's about learning. We think mm -hmm. it's about constantly learning. We think it's about doing it all the time. We talked a little bit about ex kind of exploratory learning where you're, you're doing or you're learning by doing. Mm -hmm. um, and then of course there's the academic style of learning. And I'm sure there are words for that, right. for these styles of learning. And actually I think we will find those. Um, we'll do some more research as we dig deeper. Mm -hmm. um, but, and, and I think it's important to say that we learned a lot. It's not that we learned a lot the first 10 years and now we've made it and now we can just yeah, coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're it's, still learning. Yeah, and we mentioned that a little bit in the podcast of the difference between a fixed mindset and a, um, a growth mindset. Yep. So within individuals, which is so true, I mean, there's this idea of lifelong learning and that's how you... It's really important also for just mind, mental health and brain health mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. this idea of, I think it's called neuroplasticity. Yes, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm reading some, some stuff on that right now and that for adults for kids it's easy they're just doing it because they're growing yep uh the i think the highest rates ever is like between like birth and like age two or three and then it starts again around puberty so they age 11 through like 14 15. sure sure but it can continue <clears throat> as adults um but you have to be very intentional and you have to basically pick up these disciplines and these habits of lifelong learning whether it's learning a new language learning how to play an instrument yep um so these lifelong learning habits for an individual have to translate, or at least we think, yep. over to a team or mm -hmm. an organization business, as well, yeah, yeah. is that the the intelligence of the organization doesn't have to reach a certain point and now we're going to reach set success. It has to be, we're continually learning. And so it's interesting to think that if someone were to say, what have you learned over the last 10 years, we could say a lot of different things. Right. But it's kind of meta in that we're, we've learned to learn that, that process of learning is, is the most what's important getting thing. us to where yeah. we're going yeah. and we want to continue it. Yeah. yeah. So as we, as we kind of maybe even asking ourselves, how do we better put some guidelines or, or maybe some process in, in place to help us to have that mindset all the time? Mm -hmm. We've been playing with some words, uh, honestly is really what it comes down to is that we're just, we're, we're playing with this kind of structure, um, and a framework mm -hmm. of, how to think about learning. And now there are lots of frameworks for learning. I mean, oh, yeah. obviously you know, there's a whole academic world that exists around mm -hmm. ways to learn and that's fine. They're all good. We're beg borrowing and stealing from most of them. Mm -hmm. um, but we're trying to come up with something that seems natural for us is close to the language that we use on a regular basis here at Crema or that we see our peers using. And uh, so we thought we'd take you through what that is. And honestly, we're going to poke holes in it as we go mm -hmm. because we're, we're still gonna, fleshing it out. We're going to poke holes in our own thinking. Yeah. Um, and we're still learning. We're still trying to figure out, is this the right thing? And honestly, the way that I learn, especially when trying out something new is just by 
practicing it, just mm -hmm. throwing it out into the world, seeing how the world reacts, looking at your face and going, does he like what I'm saying? If he doesn't, I'm going to change the I way I communicate adapt it. a little bit. Let me say, if I said it with like a, this voice, is it better? Like you a know, little bit of, I'm unsure inflection, <laughs> just a posture of humility. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think in the last episode, we did mention the kind of the three points of, um, uh, discipline structures and posture. We're mm -hmm. going to table that for another conversation because we're still fleshing we're that out. We're diving deep into that yeah, right now. Yeah. But what we want to talk about today is um, a, a process, a flow mm -hmm. of uh, ways to think about learning. Um, we think, I think, it starts with um, the simple act of paying attention. Mm -hmm. And I want to explain a little bit what I meant when I added this. So, so a lot of it's taken from uh, Lean. Probably Lean was the most influential thing that ever um, came along for me when we were first getting started uh, in this idea maybe mm -hmm. eight, seven, eight years ago. Um, and and the, the basic principles of Lean are build, measure, learn. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's, a, it's a loop, right? And the great thing is you have to do something, you then measure it and kind of get feedback from it, and then you adapt and iterate and do it again and move forward. It's great because it's super simple, mm -hmm. but it missed some things about like, well, how do I choose what I do, mm -hmm. you know, and how do I make a decision on how to move forward? Yeah. Uh, where do I start? Right. And so, um, looking back in the last 10 years, I used to, uh, I, I think what I used to say was I'm only a, a decent designer because I just happen to pay attention to more design than my clients do. Mm. Meaning I... I decided to focus in on something. I decided to say, you know what? I, I like designing. I, I, maybe I'm, a, I have a, a bit of a talent for that, but the reality is, is I just, I love looking at interfaces. That mm -hmm. sounds so nerdy. <laughs> I say it. I look at screens. I have a social life. I promise. <laughs> um, uh, I like looking at interfaces. I like seeing how other people have designed things. I like looking at the aesthetics of something and the functionality of something and go, Ooh, how did they do that? Mm -hmm. Um, what, I like unpacking it and, and, and just paying attention to it. And because I was specifically paying attention to UI or user experience, I became good at it. Mm -hmm. um, I just, just because I was looking at it more than our clients were. Mm -hmm. So they would come to us and say, we need a designer. And it was like, oh, cool. Well, I've looked at, effectively, I've looked at more designs than you. Mm -hmm. So I you pay me and I'll help you do that for you so that you don't have to look at a bunch of designs. I've done that. Would you say that as <clears> you were paying attention to UI UX, what what aspect of that helped? Was it you looked at a lot mm. and went? So it's the I guess the saying of did you go like an inch deep in a lot, or did you pick a few things and you got really curious and you went like a mile deep into a few? So like yeah, like we sit right across from the performing arts building. Yeah, yeah. And so if someone's really interested in architecture and they were to walk past that building, they could say look at that building. I've never seen anything like that before. I'm mm -hmm. curious. I'm going to pay attention to it. They could spend a year learning yeah, about the learning building. everything about that. Or that, that could also inspire them maybe to go look at another building, maybe look at the tons of buildings. So, yeah, I mean, there's getting a, into architecture it could be both. Is a topic. Yeah. 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 I think at the time was, it was when the app store had just first come out. Mm -hmm. So it was a new, it was kind of a new landscape of of things that are, of of experiences that were showing up that we had never seen before, um, the apps. I mean, App Store. That was mm -hmm. we now take it for granted that that's just a thing that everyone knows. We all right. have apps. It was so new, mm -hmm. and so for me, it was just so interesting to go. 
oh, there's these things. That, and it's like, I, I kind of played video games. I wasn't a gamer per se, but I liked playing video games growing up. I was kind of a nerdy kid. And so when you got a new game, it was like, oh, cool, a new game. Mm-hmm. How's it designed? How, what's the gameplay going to be like, yeah, et cetera? What's the, what are the challenges? Yeah, what, what are the do? challenges? Right. And then all of a sudden it was like an app store and some of it was games and some of it was just apps, but it was millions of them and they were really accessible. Mm-hmm. And so I think probably there was a bit of a, maybe a mile deep into apps, mm-hmm. whereas I could have gone and looked at designs of anything, mm-hmm. but that mile deep into apps also went a mile wide because oh, yeah. there were just so many that you could go look yeah. at. It, it was maybe, I think it was going a mile wide in the sense that I, there were so many apps that I could look at in it. So it wasn't like I nerded out on skeuomorphism, which is this idea of like making things look like the real thing in design, or it wasn't that I nerded out on tabs or cards or anything like that. It was that I was really focused into apps. Mm-hmm. Um, mobile apps were probably what got me started, but then, you know, I had just gotten a new computer. So I was mm-hmm. looking at every SaaS service, SaaS products were becoming a thing, software mm-hmm. as a service. So I was checking out all these apps. Um, didn't care as much about websites. Mm-hmm. I kind of started to lose interest in that pretty quickly. Right. Um, but that was definitely in play, but it was very focused in this area. Um, so it sounds like there's something deeper to paying attention than just looking and like seeing like, you, Oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. so there's, so yeah. obviously <clears throat> observation. Uh-huh. So you observed something Yep. and I would assume that either by, you know, natural inclination or maybe a natural curiosity or something to where, cause you can pay attention to a lot of different things. Sure. I mean, you, your brain sees in well, so, sports so like, much. Yeah, exactly. You I, could, I don't pay attention to it, but there are people that obsess about it. Right. right. Well, I mean, yeah. And statistics and yeah, you know, there's just a whole business just based off, you know, the analytics of sports I and mean, yeah. there's companies oh, built oh, yeah. purely yeah. off it's of that. Fascinating. Um, and so there's, there's, there's probably a natural inclination that is paired with that attention that causes you sure, to, sure. Cause attention is active. And then something causes you almost to pause right. and stop. <clears throat> and maybe a takeaway, as I think about it for myself and for our, our listeners, is that if you're paying attention and something causes you to stop, like turn aside yeah. and look, yeah, you might lean into that a little bit. Mm, interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's good because um, you... I think it can be decision paralysis if you if you try yeah. to pay attention to everything. Yeah, it's real. And I think that yeah, that's good. You go to, um, I know there's a science behind it, but the idea that like our eyes only um, they basically filters out ninety percent of what we see. Our brain filters out ninety percent, and of what it fills we see. it in. Yeah, like it fills. It becomes this like if I attempt it, I'm just looking straight into your eyes. Mm-hmm. It's a lovely place to be. <laughs> Uh, if I if I look straight into your <laughs> cover yourself, um, my I am seeing billions of things around us, mm-hmm. but my brain's going. All you need to, to know, all you need to really see is his eyes, mm-hmm. um, which is very uncomfortable to do for a long period of time. <laughs> and it's just such an interesting thing. And I think the same thing goes for our attention span of what we're trying to pick up and what we're paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does take some level of focusing your brain. Mm-hmm. So I use the analogy of when you're going to buy a car, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I'm going to go buy a Nissan Altima or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you just see Altimas everywhere. Mm-hmm. Cause it's you're like, paying attention. Right, Cause you're see, you're paying attention. Your mind is right. tuned to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that whatever your topic is, so if we start buying it back to business, whatever the topic is that you need to grow in leadership, you need to grow in a skill or a craft, you need to, think about the architecture of your space, Mm -hmm. or you need to think about how to run meetings better. 
if you start tuning your mind into the topic, then you you want to then you'll notice that you start to pay more attention to it, and maybe you can more actively decide. Well, you know what? I need to pay more attention to that thing, mm-hmm. which means that you'll have to kind of turn off some other areas, and that's a decision making. Making mm-hmm. what am I going to turn off, right? So that I can pay attention to this thing. Because if I try to do all of it, it just nothing will, yeah. no, nothing will get done. And, and it's kind of fun to think about that. That process can be, uh, I don't want to say whimsical, but it can be mm, yeah. um, spon- spontaneous. Like sure, again, you're driving down the road or whatever, something catches your eye. I'm like, I've never seen that before. Yeah. I want to look into that. Yeah. So that could be just spontaneous. Yeah. Which I would think that if something catches your eye naturally, it'll your your draw to learning about that might be, um, I don't want to say easier, but um, what's the word I'm looking for? More enjoyable. You're, yeah, more enjoyable, <clears throat> just because something like there's an excitement there. Yeah. yeah. Versus, um, you're like, oh, I need to learn about that for. Oh yeah. Like either a project or right. um, this is where the next our next big thing we need to pay attention to. Interesting. And so I think, but. I guess my hypothesis is if we use the same process of being attuned, right, that that level of focus and attention and being attuned to it will bring a level of joy, even though yeah. it didn't start out joyful. It's yeah. almost the process creates joy. Yeah. <clears throat> That's interesting. And I think it's kind of like you're going to be forced to pay attention to things sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may actually not be the most fun sometimes, depending on what it is. Right. Right. You may not want to pay attention to a medical condition. R- but you yeah. have to. Yeah, right? that's a good point. Um, or, you know, things like that. But in the office environment, I think it is, I think it's just being aware that we, there is a certain level. Maybe there's, maybe even we should think about the fact that there is a certain amount of attention that you can have. And I don't mm-hmm. know how to measure that, mm-hmm. but I know that the switching costs of, of back and forth, back, back and forth, forth. Yeah. new thing. And I am you, you, we all know uh, me being the quote unquote idea guy, mm-hmm. the concepts guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, it's always the new next shiny thing. Mm-hmm. So my attention can be, can shift a lot, mm-hmm. which is, can be fun and good, but can be dangerous because I can't, if you don't stay focused on something to kind of right. really carry it through the experiment, it, it can fall down. Right. We're not going to get through all these. Let's get to the next one though. Okay. <laughs> so the next one, collect. So, yeah. Collecting. So. I think this is a really fun one for me. So there's, it's one thing to pay attention. Mm-hmm. You're observing, you're noticing things, but if you're not taking inventory mm-hmm. in some way of, I guess what collecting is for me, and I'm still processing this one. Mm-hmm. What collecting is for me is a decision-making tool mm-hmm. because what, what I want to do is say, uh, let's use, um, I'll use an example. Um, uh, the marketing team or the growth team, we might say, we want to grow our email list, um, so that we can have more people that are subscribing to our email list and you know, that we can get more content out. Mm -hmm. Well, how do we grow an email list? So there's obviously the research way of collecting, which is I'm going to go Google how to grow a, a, uh, an email list and you'll get certain things and you can start to collect those. So you can start to pull a repository down and group things together. And there's lots of exercises that can Mm -hmm. be done to collect ideas. Um, but sometimes it's just a matter of I'm paying attention and I see I'm on somebody else's website and I see, Oh, interesting. They have a pop-up that mm-hmm. I hate those pop-ups, but they have a pop-up that is trying to get you to subscribe. Right. Oh, I'm going to take a screenshot and I'm going to put that someplace. 
but because that's a, me collecting ideas mm -hmm. so that now I have this inventory or mm -hmm. this repository yeah. of uh, basically experiments to go try. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of what I'm getting at with collect. It's one yeah. thing to pay attention and right. just be like, ooh, interesting, interesting, interesting. But that's another thing to go, no, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. That's a good idea. Let's pull these ideas in and start to kind of diverge in our thinking, mm -hmm. pulling them all in so that we can then converge mm -hmm. into an idea that we might run an experiment on. So if we were to go back to the example of buying a car, mm. you say, okay, I'm, I'm buying a new car. And <laughs> Don't use you, me as an example for this. <laughs> well, you so you're driving and the paying attention or the being attuned is you're really just taking in information about all the different cars you yeah. see around you, really. Yeah. And maybe you, you know, you get online and you start, re you know, do a little bit of research, but really you're just paying attention. Ooh, I like that car. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I like that car. That style's cool. Or right. I want an SUV. Right. Or I want a sedan. Or and then a the collection is almost like you've, you're starting to narrow in. It's like, I really liked these two cars. And yeah. so I'm going to start yeah. collecting data. Yep. I'm going to start reading consumer reports. That's right. I'm going to start, you know, seeing, collecting reviews on different car sites on what people have said about this car. I may start to collect experiences. I'm going to go do test drives and right. stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So uh, uh, being attuned is more, it's not passive. You're it actively is. I looking, it but is, it's, I think it is a passive activity. Yeah. You're kind of, yeah. It's, it's an active like, passive. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of you're making the choice to be active and being a, in a passive activity. In a passive activity, yeah. 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 And then collection, it's like okay, I'm now making a decision to go start to uh, collect information and data yeah. on this topic, whatever it could be. It could be buying a car, architecture, user interfaces, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So I used to do this with um, with design. I used to do that with design, and the fact that there were sites that I don't see them as much. Maybe Dribble is kind of that now. But where people would collect um, little, oh, yeah, yeah. little pieces of interfaces. Yeah. So it was like, ooh, I need a tab. Mm -hmm. So I would just go take screenshots of every tab interface, yep. every tab structure that I could find on any product, any design, any website. And I would just collect them all into um, uh, a folder. Mm -hmm. And then I go, ooh, I want all of the all the search bars. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm gonna go find all the search bars I can possibly find, all of the, you know, whatever. And I collect them all and I go, which one? I like this from this one and I like this from this one. And then you kind of pull ideas out to create the best, you know, hybrid version of it for your client mm -hmm. or for yourself. Um, that's, that's definitely the way that I was doing it with design. I think we have a lot of activities that we do now with our clients or that we do for ourselves where we use workshops. Mm -hmm. And so we'll do activities like note and votes or you know, brainstorming activities where you're just trying to get all the ideas out so you can collect them. Mm -hmm. So then that you could narrow down onto the one that you're mm -hmm. going to try. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's now you, you kind of got this activity of, um, getting ideas out, but for the purpose of having the options. Right. Right. And the collection phase is also where you might go to like several conferences yeah, or yeah, workshops or masterclasses yeah. in order to, to, to collect data on, is this the direction we want to go? Exactly. Or is this something we need to consider for our business or whatnot? Yeah. So to that point, yeah. I think a collection period can be short or it can mm -hmm. be relatively can long, be long yeah. depending on what you're trying to do. You may mm -hmm. say, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to collect on this for a while. Mm -hmm. What I don't want it to do is distract me that I need to start running experiments yet. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to collect on it right? Um, because I don't have the time or I shouldn't be focused on this and I don't want to bother anybody else. I've had to learn to do that as a leader mm -hmm. because my tendency is to go, Hey guys, let's run this next experiment. Well, we've got five other experiments we're running oh, right yeah. now. Oh, well, okay, cool. Let me just 
collect then for a while mm -hmm. and I'll just co keep collecting ideas because I do think this is going to be important, something we should kind of play with or try, but maybe it's next month mm -hmm. and I'll introduce that experiment back to the team or let the team know, Hey, we we're on to the next thing. I think this is the next thing. And Oh, by the way, look, I've been collecting for a while. Right. Let me share what I've found. And I, then, I think that is a good one. It's a good segue into the next one, which is test or experiment. Yeah. But I think it's also a, between the space between collection and testing and experiment experimentation there's probably some level of decision making uh -huh, a hundred percent of when do we move forward into test experiment or if you even do that at all yeah and it probably takes just it just takes wisdom as well because sometimes you may be collecting something and it's like you know what this isn't a today thing this is a next year thing because maybe we're too early uh -huh. you know and companies <clears throat> yeah. have actually um, not been successful because they were to market too early. Right. And so the whole idea of timing, right? You know, timing the market. Some things, it's working again. It is working. <laughs> Somebody put a battery in it. Sorry. Um, so let's move on then to test and experiment, and we'll. But I think I want to. I want to support what you just said there, because okay. So the next Thank one you. is yeah. experiment. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to Tyler about this yesterday. Tyler's one of our uh, director of strategy and design here. And we were, we were brainstorming because we're actually going to try to workshop all this mm -hmm. content, mm -hmm. supposedly in like two and a half weeks. Oh dear. <laughs> um, I literally just freaked out a little bit. Um, but what we talked about is actually that spot right there. I think that's one of the most difficult places for any stage of a company. Absolutely. Or, or team or even individual. Yeah. Decision-making paralysis is a really scary thing. Because in that space, you're determining, um, are we right? Yeah. Well, we think we're right. Are we confident enough to move forward with the experiment? How Things like how much is the experiment going to cost? Do yeah. we have the time? Do yeah. we have the people? Yeah. That space moving from collection <laughs> to experiment is probably the most exciting. Yep. But uh, most important part of this entire process. <sighs> I, it's the one that gives me the best, most angst, honestly, yeah. because yeah. Well, let's use Vera as an example. So we have an app that's coming out of Venture Lab right now, and Vera is, <laughs> Scotty's just making faces in the background, <laughs> and I just got distracted. <laughs> it's a plant care app. Yeah, it's a plant care app. Thank you. Getting yep. back on track. So, um, so Vera is a plant care app coming out of our Venture Lab team. It's taking off right now, and yeah. pretty fast. It's yeah. really exciting and we're getting a ton of awesome feedback from mm -hmm. the community, which is exactly what you want. Right. Here's the problem. It's a team that just is doing it in their free time at an agency, has a little bit of free time because we're in, the, in between projects, but they have to figure out how to prioritize mm -hmm. the feedback coming mm -hmm. in. All good feedback. Yeah. Small team. How do you decide which experiment to run? How do you decide mm -hmm. they're collecting all the ideas? Right. So they've gone through, they're paying attention to their audience. They're mm -hmm. listening to their audience. They're collecting the feedback. They're reading it. They're, they're putting it into their JIRA board, but what they're not, what they are transparently struggling with is there's too much to do and we want to do it all, mm -hmm. but how do we choose what's the right next thing right. to do? Yeah. So I think that's an area we need to spend some time on figuring out maybe studying more decision-making tools or you know, I think we've done that with Daisy and Racy and things like mm -hmm. that. But how, how do you, is there a scorecard? I don't know. I feel like there's mm. something there that is an activity. That could be another episode. I know. So I don't want to spend too much time there, but I think right. that's an area that actually 
a lot of companies, a lot of teams, a lot of individuals really do need help with mm-hmm. is how, yeah, get it, George. I've collected a lot of things, right? but I, I'm having a hard time making a decision. So we got about five minutes. I know. Let's quickly unpack. What does it look like? What are, what are, um, what are some ways that we either here at Kerma or with our clients have experimented with an idea? Oh, okay. So, yeah. so getting to, into to, yeah, experiment. Yeah. So yeah. to remind people, we've gone through, um, uh, paying attention, collect, there's some type of decision making yeah. in between this. And then we would say that you need to experiment. You need yep. to actually go do. Right. Um, so we do that in a bunch of different ways, whether it's building a rapid prototype of a design. Mm-hmm. So that might be just some clicked up flat screens of a UI or um, a functional prototype uh, or an MVP, which basically is it's actually written in code, but it's pretty low code. It's not trying to make this m- monolithic thing. It's a very f- um, simple early version of a product. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are ways that we would experiment on a product team. And that's pretty normal. I think the industry's talked right. about that. We don't need to unpack too much. The fact that lean is this idea of building small, mm-hmm. iterating, and then increasing. Um, internally, we do it a lot with, we'll run an experiment and saying, hey guys, we have a goal to, um, trying to think of, <clears throat> on the growth team, that's where my head's at. Mm-hmm. I, we have a goal to get three new videos or r- launch a podcast. So we'll, We'll try to figure out what's the easiest way to do that. We didn't do it with video. Oh, the video has been off for a while. It's on. Yeah. That happened on the first episode yep. as well. Um, so, the, so yeah, the idea of testing. Yeah. Um, we even run that with, um, so the different leaders or managers here may test like a new way to do conduct one-on-ones. Yeah, yeah. Good, or good, good. it's like, hey, what are, I've learned this new set of questions, maybe this new philosophy of asking certain questions to dive deeper into someone's performance or... Right you know, where they, where do they want to go as an, as an employee or maybe some personal goals? We might test those questions uh-huh. with yeah. our own small group. Yeah. Come back and be like, these questions awful. <laughs> it doesn't work. That experiment flat failed. every yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. But it's a way to test it that yeah. way. Cause the last thing you want to do is roll something that could have a pretty large impact uh-huh. to an entire company. Yeah. yeah so yeah. let's just test it with two or three people. That's right. And see what happens. I, yeah, a hundred percent. So Let's let's next episode dive a little bit deeper into this experimentation. But yeah. just to give you the full string, we talked about paying attention, collecting, deciding. I think there's almost right. the decision needs to be its own thing. Yep. Collecting, uh, collecting, deciding, experimenting. Right. So what running the experiment on the thing that we decided on could be small, could be a big experiment. Yep. We don't, it depends. And then the last thing or the last two, just to touch them and then we'll 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 wrap up mm-hmm. is um, iterate and adapt. So like you said, those questions fell flat in one-on-ones. We're not going to do it. But right. are there different questions we should ask? Right. And so I think that's truly the lean model mm-hmm. is right in there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that little lean loop happens. And we would totally right. support that. It's agile. It's lean. Iterative. We love it. Right. So that test and learn, test and learn, iterate, adapt. That's happening all the time. Mm-hmm. Where I think after the loop is, we'll say, complete or at least confident mm-hmm. maybe complete and confident are different mm-hmm. like you can be confident in something but not a hundred and percent complete with oh it, yeah right yeah. you know what i mean yeah absolutely at a certain point i think there is a uh, a line that comes out of the loop mm-hmm. that you're not stuck in the loop forever mm-hmm. that you should then spin off and do kind of what we're doing right now which is you should share or mm. teach mm-hmm. so i think this is this idea of kind of the scientific community does this really well where they will come up with an idea, they'll write uh, a scientific paper on it, and then they'll publish it to the scientific community saying, here are my findings. Mm -hmm. Take it, understand it, share it, 
do something with it, run mm-hmm. your own experiments against it. Mm-hmm. But I want you to know that it's a thing that will help raise the knowledge of the community. Right. And now your community may, may be raise the knowledge of the team. Just we're going to, I'm going to share something I'm doing individually right. with the team. So mm-hmm. maybe our team can all get better together mm-hmm. or the team is going to share it with other teams mm-hmm. so that the organize, organization gets better or the organization's going to share it with other or, orgs like yep. we're doing right now. Yep. See what I mean? Yeah. And I think teaching is the next phase and even more um, learning that leads to probably yes. mastery yes. because there's been times where people have asked me to either, you know, do some sort of talk or, um, Hey, can you teach this class or can you come and present and you get there or in your prep, you're like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to teach this? I just do this. Like, <laughs> yes. how, how do I unpack all the things yeah. that I think about when I do yeah. this? And so actually building that plan and kind of stepping back uh-huh. and thinking about how would I go about teaching this? You actually relearn it and get better. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I think you only, the degree to which you know something is the degree to how maybe successful you can teach it and replicate it. And if you can't teach it very well, well then maybe you need to go back and reassess. Right. Yeah. This activity we're doing right now is that. Yeah. We are trying to say, we want to share these, this thought that we have. But we're learning the thought as we're yeah. sharing. It's like, what do we want to say? I don't know. I don't we know. just do this. These words <laughs> so are just coming up. We actually have to write this down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's the process. Um, again, collect, or excuse me, pay attention, collect. I think we're going to have to throw decide in there. I don't want to have too many. It's almost like a little offshoot. It's almost like its own little mini thing in the circle. Yeah. And each of these are going to have a bunch of tasks underneath them. Oh, yeah. But I do think there's a deciding is almost important enough to be its own thing. Yeah, it's like a bridge. Yeah. Tyler would probably just oh, go to town on like a visual. Diagram. <laughs> two by two. <laughs> two by two. Um, with the bridge. <laughs> a decision, yeah. an experiment, and um, iterate, and then teach. Mm. So that's that's kind of the six part. It was five parts before. Maybe it's six. We'll see. Yeah. Um, part process that we think goes into at least the way we've been learning mm-hmm. or the ways that we can see things learning. And there's a lot of other factors that I think we can unpack, um, styles of learning, um, how, how people learn. And we're going to do some more research on those things, but wanted to run that past mm-hmm. you guys. So let's open it up. If you, if you think this is right, or if you think it's wrong, we want feedback, yeah, all um, the feedback. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, if you're watching it on YouTube, drop us a comment below. If you are listening on the podcast, leave us a comment on the um, on iTunes. Yeah, uh, we would love for you to rate us when you're leaving a comment. I think that's how that works. Give us a five star review. That actually tells the world that you want to kind of go along with this journey with us to kind of um, help us learn more about what it means to grow really effective teams, mm-hmm. uh, really flourishing individuals, and successful organizations. And so, um, thank you so much for listening. Um, we are really excited. I'm having so much fun. Although we totally realized at the last second, we needed another episode on Monday. So we needed to record. <laughs> That's right. So we got up early and we're here and we're doing it. And, um, we just really appreciate you taking the time to listen. Um, and as always, make sure you subscribe, mm-hmm. um, and then share this. Uh, you can grab a link on any platform you use. Right. Sh- share it with your mom. <laughs> just your mom. Just all the moms. All the moms really need to know about this. Or or really share it with your boss, share it right. with your coworkers. If you want your team to be thinking along with us, mm-hmm. let's do this together. It'd be mm-hmm. a lot of fun. So awesome. Go, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. <laughs> See you guys next time. My name's Gabby. I'm an application developer here at Crema. I mostly write code and make technical decisions for our products. 
I enjoy working at Crema because there's a real focus on the culture, which lets you do your best work and and enjoy the people around you while you're doing it. Option 5 is a podcast by Crema, a digital product agency that creates web and mobile apps for disruptive companies and industry leaders. We believe that design, technology, and culture can help create a world where individuals and companies thrive. Learn more at crema.us.